Um, I have a question. This is LD. I wanted to know if, if um, phone numbers were given out on the meeting, after the meeting, because I never um, was able to get phone numbers. Janice, we don't hear you. Can you hear me now? Indeed. Oh, thank goodness. All right. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 10th, 2013. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in Chapter 7, Working with Others. And we are on page 94 in the big book today. We're going to begin with the paragraph, Outline the Program of Action. The share code for yesterday, which was Wednesday, October 9th, is 5277. That's 5277. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I would now like to ask Diane G. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. Um, this is Diane from New Hampshire. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable, Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters who practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Diane. I'd now like to ask Sharon H. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Janice, and thank you. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop drinking or to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. And eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. And 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other media uh, of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sharon. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we are resuming our study of the big book, and we are on page 94 in Chapter 7, Working with Others. And today we're going to revisit the paragraph that begins, Outline the Program of Action. And I'd like to ask Chelsea to please get us started. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everybody. This is Chelsea from South Jersey, recovered today. Thank you, Divine Director. Outline the program of action, explaining how you made a self-appraisal, how you straightened out your past, and why you are now endeavoring to be helpful to him. 
It is important for him to realize that your attempt to pass this on to him plays a vital role, vital part in your own recovery. Actually, he may be helping you more than you are helping him. Make it plain he is under no obligation to you, that you hope only that he will try to help other alcoholics when he escapes his own difficulties. Suggest how important it is that he place the welfare of others, other people, ahead of his own. Make it clear that he is not under pressure, that he needn't see you again if he doesn't want to. You should not be offended if he wants to call it off, for he has helped you more than you have helped him. If your talk has been sane, quiet, and full of human understanding, you have perhaps made a friend. Maybe you have disturbed him about the question of alcoholism. This is all to the good. The more hopeless he feels, the better. He will be more likely to follow your suggestions. And as I unpack that, um, this part of the text, as I unpack that, I see that I need to be humble. This, this section for me teaches, tells me that I need to be much more humble when I approach somebody and that I don't come at them, you know, big book ablazing and turn them off. Because here is where I'm trying to get them to identify with the fact of what the disease is. And, and if I'm going to carry this message to this individual, what is the message that I need to carry to tell this individual? And that, that through a spiritual awakening, that he, he or she could recover from compulsive overeating, from turning to bulimia, from turning to the boxes and bags and all the other behaviors around the disease that's troubling us, and to tell them that we're powerless, we're powerless over it, and that we need to have some kind of an effective relationship with a power greater than ourselves, that that is the solution. So that's the message that I'm carrying. It's not Chelsea's message. It's not any thing that I think or any theories or anything of my own. It's from the text. It's from the suggestions in the book, and they are just suggestions. And I am to humbly, humbly, not a lot of fanfare, not in anybody's face, because it's not about me at this point. In fact, long before this point, it hasn't been about me, because all that's been established through the work that's been done. And another thing, too, as I unpack this paragraph, it uh, um, shows me that um, – <clears throat> We, while we approach these folks and we don't come, you know, guns a-blazing, we do need to let them know that there's work to be done. You know, it's not a sit-down job to recover. It's not. And using the word recover, that you can recover from this and not being ashamed to use it. Humbly not doing it. It says, if your talk has been sane, quiet, and full of human understanding, putting myself in the other individual's shoe, not labeling them anything, letting them find their own path, because each of us is going to have a unique experience. That's the whole idea of the program. It's a personal program, personal program. And as I try to each time with myself, just from my own experience, I know in the beginning I was very zealous, very zealous, and I just really wanted everybody to feel what I was feeling, and I kind of was a little bit heavy-handed with it. But as I continue to study the big book and continue to learn and ingrain it in my life, thread it through the fabric of my life, I'm seeing that humility is a large share of this program as well as constantly enlarging my spiritual uh, fitness because it tells me on page 64 that when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. 
So with that, I just want to pass and say thank everybody for being here. Um, thank you, Janice, for your service. Mm, thank you, Chelsea. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This Margaret. is Kelly. Good morning. This is Bella. Can I share? Um, I think I heard Sally and then someone else before Bella. Kim? Margaret. Oh, my goodness, how lovely. Sally, (laughs) Sally, (laughs) Kim, uh, Leah, Bella, and I'm sorry, who is the other one? Margaret. Okay, let's start with Sally. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Edition, for you. And um, this is Sally in South Jersey, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And um, what I see here in this paragraph is... um, Three times they're driving home this point, um, beginning with four lines down. It is important for him to realize that your attempt to pass this on to him plays a vital part in your own recovery. And then the second time, it says it again, actually he may be helping you more than you are helping him. Make it plain. He is under no obligation to you that you hope only that he will try to help other alcoholics when he escapes his own difficulties. Then here it is again the third time. Make it clear that he is not under pressure, that he needn't see you again if he doesn't want to. You should not be offended if he wants to call it off for he has helped you more than you have helped him. And this reminds me of page XVII, the top of the page, uh, the second forward to the second edition. It speaks of the fact that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. And it's one of the many times we're told in this book that what is really important in order to maintain and to continue to have a permanent recovery is that we reach out and work with and help the still-suffering alcoholic, in our case, compulsive overeater. And so when I see this, I see the word vital is used at uh, the top of XVII, uh, where it says strenuous work, one alcoholic with, with another, was vital to permanent recovery. And we see here again the word vital about five lines down, where it says it is important for him to realize that your attempt to pass this on to him plays a vital part in your own recovery. Keeping in mind that the Big Book Dictionary says that the word vital is means essential. It's essential to my permanent recovery. It's indispensable to my per, my permanent recovery. And it is life-supporting. That's what the big book dictionary says about the word vital. It is life-supporting to my permanent recovery, as it says at the top of uh, XVII. And so what I see here in this paragraph is having learned everything we've learned and, and talked about in this, in this chapter so far, we're being reminded here of the little pit stop that remember, you're doing all of this because it's vital to your own permanent recovery. And thank you for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. And go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Ms. Janice. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Outline the program of action, explaining how you made a self-appraisal, how you straightened out your past, and why you are now endeavoring to be helpful to him. 
you know, what have we done up to this point? Up to this point, we've taught our prospect about the true nature of this disease, that we have an allergy of the body which will never change and will condemn us to eat because we're never going to be satisfied. And more dastardly, we have this obsession of the mind that is going to condemn us to go back to the food regardless of how long we are abstinent. So that is the nature of our disease. Has the prospect made that decision? I mean, have they come to that conclusion or that is their truth. And then we've taught them there is a solution. We've taught them that the higher power must be a part of this program, that this whole entire program is spiritual. There's no spiritual part of OA. The whole program is spiritual. Have we taught them that they need that higher power? Have they come to that conclusion they need that higher power? So they're at the point they're making the decision whether or not they're going to continue with this program of action. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to outline that program of action. We're going to explain to them steps four through nine. What is going to cause that transformation that is sufficient to bring about recovery? So when we say outline the program of action, what I used to do many years ago is I would tell them, well, go to three meetings a week. That's the action you need to do. Make three phone calls a day. That's the action you need to do. And those tools can be essential in working the 12 steps. But the plan of action is not to do the tools by itself and ignore the true program of action. I worked the fellowship for many, many years, and all it was was a temporary respite. It was a distraction until the mental obsession was shouting so loud I had to answer it by picking up the food. And let's look at the, the tense, the tense of this. Because when do we carry this message? We carry this message when we have a message to carry. You know, I was always taught to carry this, you know, to, to sponsor after 30 days. And I hadn't done anything yet. So what was I carrying? I was carrying my food plan. And I was terrified of anyone who didn't eat like me because they would trigger me. Because anything that was different, because the obsession was still there and all I was doing was living a program of abstinence, which is so painful. So let's look at the tense. Outline the program of action, explaining how you made a self-appraisal. That's in the past tense. How you straightened out your past. That's in the past tense. You, as the, as the person who is carrying the message, have walked through these steps. You've completed the steps. You are in a place of neutrality around the food. Therefore, you can help the prospect identify those binge foods without feeling locked in that they have to do what you have to do. And that you're now endeavoring to be helpful. So in the present, you're now endeavoring to be helpful. Because in a perfect situation, what happens is that there's two OAs. There's the fellowship of OA, and then there's the program of action, which is in this book. And in a perfect situation, the fellowship will support us, but it is only the program of action which will change us. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And Margaret, are you there? Uh, yes, good morning, Janice. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Margaret in South Jersey. Uh, everything has already been said, so I'll just say it real quickly. You know, that's the key. You know, outline the program of action. You know, it is a program of action and tell them what we have done. And, you know, um, you know, if your talk has been quiet, sane, and full of human 
understanding, then you have perhaps made a friend. I think that's, you know, so important, that balance of making that friend and yet showing them the action that is necessary, you know, that, that it's not just sit in the meetings and just um, do what you want. It is a program of action, and it has already been um, shared. You know, the book is the, is the directions, and we have to follow them. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Margaret. And go ahead, Leah. Thanks so much, Janice. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Outline the program of action, explaining how you made a self-appraisal, how you straightened out your past, why you're now endeavoring to be helpful to him. Um, you know, the only way the message can be carried um, is through the big book, through meetings, such as what we're doing this morning, and through sponsorship one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you know, there's no other way that the suffering compulsive overeater is going to receive our message unless it's done, you know, <laughs> uh, in, in that manner. So um, outline the program of action. You know, these are specific guidelines as to, um, and directions as, as to how to dialogue with the still-suffering compulsive overeater. You know, it's a very specific message. It's not a message of um, my personal philosophy or a message of my opinion. It is outlining the program, these steps. This is essentially what happened to me. This is part of how I was transformed. It says it is important for him to realize that your attempt to pass this on to him plays a vital part in your own recovery. Actually, he may be helping you more than you are helping him. Make it plain he's under no obligation to you that you, you hope only that he will try to help other alcoholics when he escapes his own difficulties. Exactly. I mean, my chief responsibility to the newcomer is an adequate presentation of this program. Why do I do such a thing? I do such a thing out of self-preservation. I mean, certainly I want everybody to have a piece of this pie, pardon the pun, but, um, you know, if, if uh, right, but if I, if I neglect to give this away and pass this forward, it's a danger to my own life and, and my own sanity. So under those compulsions of, of self-preservation and duty and absolute love, and may I add pleasure, you know, we, we give it away. And, you know, it isn't a question of, of, Compulsive overeaters giving me anything. You know, my stability and my emotional balance comes out of trying to give to you in, in my communication, not out of demanding that I receive anything. So, um, you know, the big book makes it very clear that God uses recovered people, right? We have recovered and have been given the power to help other people. This is not about, um, you know, personal recognition. This is not about power or personal success. This is about trying to take um, that human failure of mine and paying it forward uh, out of my gratitude for this program having had saved my life. You know, I'm just merely an agent, uh, a, a messenger. I'm, I'm necessary. Uh, the big books tells us so, right, that, you know, we, 
that's why this chapter is working with others. I do have a, a responsibility and obligation. I, I am necessary, but certainly I'm not sufficient in any change that a person makes. Maybe I can be a catalyst. But you know what? It's all, it's all about God. There are hundreds and hundreds who listen to a vision for you, right? We've been doing this for over a year. We're blessed to have many people from around the globe come and attend. Do they all recover? No, sadly not, right? But they all listen to the same thing. My words have to hit something in an individual to provoke a change or a response in them. That's, that's an outcome and a result that I have absolutely no control over. That's all about that person and, and their own spiritual growth and, and journey. So this is not about me. It's not about the messenger. It's about the fact that I have been restored to sanity. I have engaged in this process of the steps. I've had a spiritual awakening and having been restored to sanity and having now the soundness of mind and having been relieved of the obsession of the mind and having been freed from the beast, finally after 20 years of mayhem, now I am given the job to, to stop taking and to give, to give to give out of love, to give humbly and, and with true ambition to serve my creator. And if I've disturbed somebody, hopefully it says maybe you have disturbed him about the question of alcoholism, the big book says that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because there's nothing worse than a head full of big book and a belly full of food. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. And go ahead, Bella. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you very much for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I really love this uh, paragraph because it reminds me uh, what is the program. The program is to give and to get at the same time. The program is not to be alone, not to be a power, a, the opposite. You are powerless. When you can feel it, when you, you are with somebody else and he is your friend, we are at the same level. We go through the same experience. We want to share both our experience and, and the hope. It's not a program that I am a teacher and you are my student, or I am a therapist and you are my client. No, we are both at the same level. We are friends. How we can come to this level that we are both friends when we remember we are both, we don't have control. We are powerless. We are both the children of God. And we are both, uh, we, we both have a, a reason uh, and, and, and to, for this life. We are both unique in this life. We both have a job in this life. I need you and you need me. It's not a program of graduating. Oh, very good. I, I did already the 12 steps and I passed the test and I, now I got a hundred. No, I still have the disease, the, the allergy in the body and the obsession in the mind. And 
I just now thank God, no, I am aware and I have the tools, but, you know, I still have to work on the tools. And by working together, I am sharpening my tools as well as I, I am sharing my experience with somebody else. We are friends. We are both human. It doesn't mean that if I, I did the 12 steps, that's it. I am perfect and I don't have character defect. No, we are working on progress and not perfect. And by having a friend to share, I am here to learn, to learn to make different choices. And I can do better choices by having a friend. We are all here at the same boat. We, ho we have the same goal, yes, to, to be connected to God and to be here to do service to God. And only by this that, yes, we are friends. We are not one is better than the other. We are both friends. Thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So so we are in Chapter 7, Chapter 7, Working with Others. And this paragraph is indeed, thank you for all the shares this morning. It is power-packed because it has information in it that solidifies what I have been learning all the way along here in the big book. You know, where, where am I at when I come to this paragraph and this chapter? You know, I'm, I'm beginning to learn to trust God. I've cleaned house, and now I need to help others. You know, that's very simplified. That's how I'm going to stay in this place that I'm growing daily into. And it's asking me to remember, who is this person that I'm approaching? You know, they are like me, suspicious perhaps, lonely perhaps, isolated in the food. We know it's a disease of isolation. Depressed perhaps, debilitated, desperate, and maybe like me, done. Maybe like me, done. Because I needed someone to approach me in the way the big book is describing and it says so clearly, I love that it says so clearly what it is that I'm to tell him. I'm to tell him, I'm to tell this person that the reason why I'm sharing this is because it helps my recovery. It helps my recovery. It's something I must do in order to stay in this place, this spiritual place that I'm trying every day to grow more and more into. And, and I love, I do think of it as a teaching moment because as, a, as an old teacher myself, the best way you can learn something yourself is by teaching it to someone else. And, and I hope never to forget and always to learn more and more that this works, that this works because it worked for me because someone approached me in whom this problem had been solved, told me how it was working for them and invited me to find that solution for myself if I would have it, if I was willing, because willingness was going to be an inside job. You know, no one could give me that willingness, but they could describe to me how it was working for them and they could make it very attractive 
They could make it very attractive because they were being humble and honest. And they were obviously shining with something that I did not have. You know, so it's a daily reminder to me of how this thing works. And don't you love that Bill comes from a sales background? Because he anticipated that there were going to be some objections, you know, maybe some things to overcome that this person was not quite sure. Am I going to be pressured into it? Are you going to try to twist my arm? Are you going to try to convince me of something that I'm not ready to be convinced of? But no, it says, just with quiet understanding, sharing it because it helps me to stay in this place. Because we want to remind him, it says, that you have helped me more than you know by giving me an opportunity to carry this message. To carry this message that there is hope out of this place that you might be in if you're anything like me. You know, maybe you've disturbed him a little bit because, like me, I learned a whole lot about the disease of compulsive overeating that I did not know. It was described for me. It was described for me, this allergy of the body, but then even more importantly, this obsession of the mind over which I was powerless. And I could identify because you matched me with stories of your own. And that's what this paragraph is telling us that we can now start outlining the program of action, how it worked for me. And then if you're like me at all, and this is as appealing to you as it was to me when you heard it, that there is a solution. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Monica. Hi, it's Leanne. Go ahead, Monica. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You should not be offended if he wants to call it off, for he has helped you more than you have helped him. If your talk has been sane, quiet, and full of human understanding, you have perhaps made a friend. So they're telling us here, please, you know, don't be offended. Don't be offended if they don't, you know, jump up and down with joy and grab a hold of this and, and um, you know, want to do this immediately. But you know, that understand underneath that, if you have shared your disease, if you have shared what you have experienced with this person in an understanding, kind way, that hopefully you've made an impression on him. And maybe you've even disturbed him about the question of alcoholism. He may not just be ready at this moment, you know. Maybe he has to do a little more research and development here. But hopefully... And we're trying to spread hope that there is a way out. You know, you don't have to stay where you're at. And hopefully they've heard that. They've heard something. Or they've seen that twinkle in your eye. Or they felt the serenity around you. And, and they'll remember that. And hopefully, you know, they won't have to do so much research and development. You may have touched something here that will bring them back quicker. You know, because... I don't know about you, but for me, after learning some information about this stuff, about being told things, food was just never really, you know, the the next binge was just was not fun and exciting like it used to be. It was, it was, it it just, you know, there was something missing. And I was getting very sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I remembered that twinkle in their eyes 
and you thought, wow, you know, I want what they want, what they were, what they were talking, and I became more likely to to follow their suggestions. And um, you know, this is a pleasure, an absolute pleasure, to help um, spread the message, to to get to share my story with others. It's an absolute pleasure to bring someone through this, to guide somebody through the steps and see them recover and share it with others. One person with this book in our hand, and we can do so much, and I'll pass with that. Thank you, Monica. And who else wanted to share? Hi, it's Leanne. Go ahead, Leanne. I just wanted to share an experience just um, the last uh, week or so. Um, I just feel like I never have enough time for anything. You know, I have a lot of children and recently start going to work again and the house and all of that, and yet I have appointments set up because um, I'm I'm taking two people through and through the steps. And um, just the, just, you know, taking the time to talk to them and and listen and share and give it away, it just rearranges everything in my head. When I hang up the phone, it's like, oh, my gosh, how could I think I don't have time for this? Oh, my gosh, it just really reinforces everything and really brings me back to ground zero of my true purpose, even though all these other things are going on. To make sure I take that time and put program first, it really, really is amazing the way the book says Work with another person is the one thing that will always save the day. And um, it really does. And I just uh, wanted to express that because it just amazes me every time. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leanne. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? All right, then let's move on to the next paragraph. This is Penny C. Oh, go ahead, Miss Penny. Okay, I was unmuting. Um, this is Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And um, as we're talking about the fact that we are there to help them, but more more so, we're there to help ourselves more than we're there to help them. And after hearing um, somebody talking about uh, Alcoholic Anonymous number three the other day, and going to the the big book and reading that story again, um, I came upon a paragraph that really really spoke to me about why why and how I work with another compulsive overeater, and it says that you know um, his wife told him that two former drunks were going to come and they were going to help him, and she knew that they were go- he was going to quit because um, they had told her that what they, why they were doing it is because they needed to help themselves, not that they needed to help uh, AA number three. And, and he goes on to say that all the other people who had talked to me wanted to help me, and my pride prevented me from listening to them and caused only resentment on my part. But I felt as if I would be a real stinker if I did not listen to a couple of fellows for a short time, if that would help them. And, and you know, I recognize that in myself that, 
the pride I had at times in my life, not just with the eating, but with other situations, uh, especially financial, where it was so much easier to give than to accept. To accept is, is, is very difficult. And so I, I like this part that, you know, I, I, I need and I will remember that I don't want to say I'm in there to help you and cause the person's pride to be injured and have a, res- <clears throat> excuse me, a resentment set up. And so um, I, I really, really am, am pleased that uh, someone mentioned this, this story um, a couple of days ago. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Penny. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on? This is Katie. Go ahead, Ms. Katie. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, I just, this line, actually, he may be helping you more than you are helping him. You know, I, I don't remember exactly what I was doing this day five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago but I remember exactly what I was doing 26 years ago today. And that was, I was having my fourth day of abstinence. Because the week before, I was binging my brains out every single day for a year before I uh, got abstinence. And I remember that because I have shared that with so many people over the years. And I know that if I don't remember that, I will be doomed to go back and repeat it. And I can't forget where I came from. And when I talk to people and they tell me it's too hard, then I am reinforced with the idea that it was really hard for me to get abstinent too. But I did. By God's grace, I have been able to stay abstinent under all conditions one day at a time for a very long time, despite my thinking, despite my uh, inability to tell the truth, which is where I was when I came in here, despite uh, my pride and ego and self-pity and every character defect. But because I have shared with others, I have not had to go back and repeat that. And, you know, we are doing this to help the newcomer, but we cannot, we are not that gap. We may be the voice that God is using, but we have no idea whether that person is going to take what we want, um, I mean, what we're giving them, and really stick with it. I have no idea. We are the messengers. And I am just so grateful that that is how this program is set up. Because, you know, in case someone on this line doesn't know it, Abby, who brought this message to Bill, and who was, you know, two months, I got religion, sober, died of this disease. He died in disease. We are not cured just because we share this with 10, 20, 50, 1,000 people. We have to keep working this program one day at a time. And actually, you're helping me. Whether you stay on this program or you don't, you are helping me in some way or another. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Let's move on to the next paragraph. And Kathy Kay, would you please read that for us? 
Yes, thank you, Janice. Thanks for your service, and good morning, everyone, on Vision for You. My name is Kathy Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Your candidate may give reasons why he uh, need not follow all of the program. He may rebel at the thought of a drastic house cleaning, which requires discussion with other people. Do not contradict such views. Tell him you once felt as he does, but you doubt whether you would have made much progress had you not taken action. On your first visit, tell him about the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. If he shows interest, lend him your copy of this book. And um, I think for me the key in this paragraph is do not contradict his views. Tell him uh, you once felt as he does. So um, the idea is not to be selling him or arguing with him um, or trying to convince him, um, but rather to share your own experience providing um, the compulsive overeater with an opportunity to identify in. Um, It's a very different process than... What I did when I first started sponsoring and really didn't have the recovery and the understanding that I have today, um, I would try to convince people of why they needed to do certain things. Um, And in doing that, just creating more resistance and more pride in the other person. Um, But today I find that what works best is to share my own experience. Um, and oftentimes I find that when I do that, uh, the newcomer actually wants to hear more, and that sets in motion uh, a friendship and also identification with my experiences. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Kathy. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula Mashia. Go ahead, Paula. Thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Your candidate may give reasons why he need not follow all of the program. Well, I can see myself there. Very clearly, I can identify with that. I didn't want to follow all of the program. So I I never came to that place of being recovered until I did. Until I did. But I can come alongside here. He may revel at the thought of a drastic house cleaning, which which requires discussion with other people. There's not a lot of people that, you know, when you say get in line because we're going to do a drastic house cleaning, you're going to have a very short line, if one at all. But this is it, which requires discussion with other people. That's the last thing you want to do. Honey, I'm hiding from other people. I don't want to look and discuss with them. Look at what it says here. I love the line-by-line instructions because we need this. Because somehow we forget. Do not con- We can't hear you, Paula. Press star one. Again, I so appreciate instructions. <laughs> do, do not contradict such views. And what I was saying was, you know, I'm not here. I'm not going to say it. They're going to watch me. It then tells, tell him you once felt as he does. And you know why I can tell him that? Because I speak the truth. And also here, 
but you doubt whether you would have made much progress had you not taken action. I could talk all I wanted to until I took this action. Nothing came. You know, they talk about the 10% of the program. You can't do 10%. You know, I thought 50% was fine. No, it's 100%. It's 100%. It can't be not anything less. And you know, that drastic house cleaning, when I realized what I was getting rid of, and that's what I did, Shia, what I had been carrying, how it had cluttered my life, and to be uncluttered, to finally see. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Zeldi in New Jersey. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. Um, thank you for your service. This is a wonderful, wonderful reading. Um, I was able to really, was really able to um, relate to this paragraph. Um, your candidate may give reasons why he need not follow all the program. He may rebel at the thought of a drastic house cleaning, which requires discussion with other people. I can totally see myself in that. And um, you know what? I really, what's very poignant to me is that this paragraph screams out, you know, keeping the focus on myself. You know, I'm very good at judging what other people need to do. Um, as opposed to what I need to do. You know, that's a great escape. It's like, you know, those, you know, like, you know, I know the answers. I know exactly what everybody needs to do, what everybody needs to be, how everybody um, needs to run their life. Um, you know, I'm good at uh, telling people how to go about it, but I don't have a right to tell anybody what to do. A, because I've been there, you know, before I came into the program, I was that person. What right do I have to, how can I judge? And um, even, and also when I am in a program, I'm sorry, I'm having, I'm having background noise, I'm going to have to pass. I'll come back soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, this was the reminder to me that uh, that Bill and the 100 recovered alcoholics who penned this volume put their experience together. They knew, they knew from their own personal experience what worked, what worked. You know, and they also knew what they could anticipate, that this person, this candidate, may give reasons why he need not follow all of the program. You know, he may, he may be suspicious. He may be uh, uh, deliberately trying to give you objections because it, it, I'm unique. It might not work for me. And you know what I have discovered is that if, if this candidate, if this person I'm approaching is anything like me, they're filled with fear. They're filled with fear. This is the last house on the block. Could it work for me? Was I filled with doubt that it might not work for me? Yes, I was. And that fueled a lot of objections. But you know, when I was desperate enough and done enough and depressed enough and debilitated enough, all it meant that this person could counter my objections with their own experience. 
with their own experience. They could say, I see, I see, because I felt that way too. I feel this way. I felt that way. I found that this works for me. You know, they knew, they knew that this person might not jump on board with both feet right away. They might. They might. But perhaps they would have objections coming from fear. And that's why I think when we, we are approached with calm and human understanding, when we know that we are all oh so human, you know, you don't have to con- contradict such views, it says. Tell them you once felt as he does. But also point out that you had to take action. In order to know whether this thing is going to work for you, you have to take action. And that's what I found. You know, I could, I could set those fears aside just for today. Just for today. And then do the things in front of me to be done. And find that, oh my, 24 hours have passed and I did it. You know, that is the story of recovery. That is the message that we carry, that we've all been there. We've all been there. And we took action. We didn't just think about it. We didn't just sit on the sidelines. We took action. And with each each day of action, like Katie was saying, you know, four days of abstinence, all of a sudden you realize one day at a time you're doing this thing. But I had to have somebody who could show me by their own experience who carried this message to me. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hey, this is Zeldi from New Jersey. I want to know if I can uh, finish my share. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you so much. So as I was saying, um, he may rebel at the thought of a drastic house cleaning, which requires discussion with other people. You know, the more, in, in all areas of our life, I find that the more we, we pressure uh, people, you know, the more rebellion we'll get. But, you know, when we... When I, um, it, it says afterwards, do not contradict such you tell me once felt as he does, but you doubt whether you would have made much progress had you not taken action. And that's, that's the part of letting go. You know, putting in the effort, but leaving the results up to God. When I, see, when I speak to somebody like that and take the pressure off them and let it, let it go, and give it over to God, there's more of a chance that the person will follow through. However, I shouldn't do that. And, you know, you know, my intentions should be real. I should respect the person for who they are. You know, we're both equals. He's not less than me uh, just because he's not ready. Because, you know what, I've been there and done that. And I, I, sh- I should be able to understand that and not feel superior to that person because I've been there. And it's so easy because when I first came into OA, I was like, okay, now I know the solution. Everybody, I know all the answers and everybody needs to do this and everybody needs to do that. And I've got it all figured out. And then the more I work my program, the more I work my steps, I realize how humbling it is. I realize that I'm just as everybody else. Um, And... um, it's just that I have a program, and it's God. It's God who's, it's God that's superior. It's God that allows me to work the program. It's a gift, and um, I just feel humbled and grateful for that. Um, it's just, uh, it's 
is very powerful. I need to remember this every single day, every single day, because this is about, this really incorporates about who the ultimate um, program power is. You know, it's, it's all God. It's all, it's not me who um, who's come up with this program. Um, it's it's all messengers of God, and um, I have no authority over anybody. We're all in this together. So thank you so much, Anikas. Thank you, Zeldi. Well, I see we're at our uh, time now to close. So I want to say thank you to everybody who shared today, everybody who made this meeting possible, to Diane and Sharon for the Steps and Traditions, to my readers, Chelsea, Kathy Kay, Lisa, and Katie. Thank you so much for all being here this morning and for everyone who shared. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Lisa, could you read that for us? Yes, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Lisa Renee in South Jersey, recovered. Thank you, God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.